1: You, how, you were waiting so patiently for that.
0: You know, I, um, I, I just figured that we needed to start this off on the right foot.
1: That's a pretty good foot to start off on. That's with
0: cracking on. open a nice Canada
1: Dry Ginger Ale. Let's <laughs> get it! <laughs> do I have any good Foley objects around me? I have my I have my uh, uh, butterfly knife uh, bottle opener. I do too. Let's just flick them near the microphone right. for a second. Let's go.
0: That was Audio Poison. There we go. Everyone. Hi
1: everyone. Welcome back to another episode of Zack and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. I'm Griffin. And I
0: am I can't do a fun um act like it, it, put the, the emphasis on the wrong part. I am Zach. Zach. And uh yeah. Uh welcome back everybody. Uh I hope your your ears are feeling nice and awake after that fantastic can crack. Mm-hmm. And uh, here we are. Another app, uh, another time with with, with your boys mm-hmm. to talk about stuff and things.
1: I had no idea when we started this show, Zach, that there was a musical duo named the Pet Shop Boys. Yeah, are you actually not? I legitimately did not. And so when oh, I first no. Googled,
0: like... the The Pet Shop Boys?
1: Or, like, I don't know, you know, I Googled something something Pet Shop, and they're one of the options that came up. And I went. Hang on a second.
0: <laughs> yeah, I, I'm sad to say that whenever I hear like the Pet Shop Boys, I immediately think of a quote from uh, Talladega Nights: The Ballad of Ricky Bobby. Okay. Um, because there's the bit where they're in a bar. Have you seen this movie? No. Uh, you you don't you're not a movie guy. It's true. Um, well, there's a point where they're in like you know like a like a honky tonk bar, mm-hmm. um, and then like a weird like jazz track comes on the jukebox, and it turns out it's the new French Formula One driver who's here to like take over the NASCAR circuit, okay. played by the incomparable Sasha Baron Cohen. Okay. Um, but uh, uh, Ricky Bobby, played by Will Ferrell, mm-hmm. uh, is you know is freaking out like what what is this crap? Who put this on? And uh uh. uh Sasha Baron Cohen's character's like, "Why was this song on the jukebox then?" And the bartender's <laughs> like, "We keep it on there for profile and purposes." We've also got The Pet Shop Boys and Seal. And that's what I think of every time.
1: That's quite good. <laughs> yeah, it's pretty
0: it, it look, it, that movie's got a lot wrong with it. But there are there are there are some highlights. There's some good there's some good spots in it, much like all comedy in the early 2000s. Yeah, uh, there's a lot fucking wrong with it. But then there are some points where it hits pretty hard. So, you know,
1: these things happen. These things do happen. (laughs) So, what are we doing today, Griff? Uh, we are doing just a old cool fashioned app. No yeah, you, no, themes, no, no gimmicks. No bull- Well, lots of bullshit, but, like, yeah. no more bullshit than usual. Yeah.
0: We are, yeah, just doing a classic Zack and Griffin grab bag out of uh, the Frog God Games, the uh, Tome of Horrors.
1: Tome of Horrors.
0: Not to be confused with the Tome of Horrors, which can be found at most brothels. So,
1: mm. Tome of Horrors.
0: Yes. Mm-hmm. It's a yes. big
1: book with all their names in it. Well, their stage names, because we don't want to dox the sex workers. That'd be bad. I do. In,
0: yeah. No, not at all. Uh, I sex do, workers are, 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 real work. I, yeah, it is. In fact, uh, go out there and support them. Uh, what's happening with OnlyFans is bullshit. Anyway, bullshit? Uh, I do want to go to a quick tangent just because we, we yeah, did the well, Horrors. We kind
1: of did tangent. Let's go. Uh,
0: no'm uh, I'm gonna I'm a go on a, one quick one another Ooh. one more tangent Ooh. and that was uh uh one of our, our first time sharing a stage together was in a children's show <laughs> called super sidekick <laughs> no. um and Griffin here had a line where he had to say horrors with no name yeah and I'm sure at least a couple times in there you did in fact say horrors with no name
1: yeah yeah <laughs> Not s- intentionally.
0: Yeah, so a lot of children's gyms saying just because saying <sighs> horse with no name."
1: Anyway, sometimes you kind of choke on that second syllable, and it just kind of slurs together a little bit. So it was whores with no name."
0: <laughs> if it helps, I forgot the name of my own evil invention. One it's day, true. So
1: Over, in the in the midst of your own musical sting. Yeah, it was very good.
0: Uh, but I just wanted to go on that little tangent. Now yeah. we can get back to the episode. Cool. Uh, well, let's go like- back
1: to that first tangent. I just want to make sure not gloss over it. Sex work is real work. Support sex workers, et cetera, et cetera.
0: Yeah, everyone tell OnlyFans how pissed off you are because... Uh-
1: how great of them as a company to take the, the creative, the creator base that made their website any kind of relevant... And, and stiff farm
0: them back into uh, into the shitty, terrible jobs that they yeah. were working before. And then just
1: shaft them. Like
0: This is Zach and, and Griff's uh, political stance of the day. Uh, I'm, fuck, I'm here for it. Fuck you, OnlyFans. Anyway. Anyway. On to the
1: episode! We are going to be exploring four random creatures from this lovely Tome of Horrors book. Um... You can f- grab a Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Grab Bag from the Pet Shop Gift Shop. Oh, yeah. I like Pet Shop Gift Shop. Pet Shop Gift Shop? That's pretty fun. Yeah. Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Gift Shop. Pet Shop <laughs> Gift Shop. Uh, this first thing coming to us from the Tom of Horrors is a Thaumatermite. It's like Thaumatergy and a termite. I think that has something to do with it. Um, so, this is a little bug, so if you don't like bugs, skip approximately 12 to 15 minutes further into the episode.
0: Well, see, you say that, but, like, if you look at their size categories, they're not little bugs. Like, they're Uh, some pretty big bugs.
1: Well, I'm saying, like, if you don't like bugs, get on out of here. Yeah. Because we're going to be talking about this bug. Um, it's, it's like, it's kind of cute. It is. It's got, like, a fun coloration to it. Yeah, it's, like, mostly purple, and all of the, like, board, like, the, the ridge borders and the little, like, spine nubbins on its back are all, like, a really vibrant orange. mm mm-hmm. um, It's got, like, so, you know, I don't, man, I super don't know bug anatomy, but it's got a, you know, an external carapace. Has sort of this flat, like almost triangular head, mm-hmm. uh, with two big round ovals for eyes. Uh, we're looking at looks like six legums, and it's got little, you know, your classic little mandible and feelers at the front, and a little, a little tail pincer at the back. I
0: want to say I, I, I'm curious as to how well these things get around mm-hmm. because those legs are very closely put together. Sort of right in the middle <laughs> kind of, of the its salary. very <laughs> yeah. of its very top heavy body, <laughs> <laughs> so like it, it, like if this
1: bitch flips over, I'm pretty sure it's fucked. <laughs> like, um, we'll get into that, but it has Im- the, the thalmiterite has immunity to the prone condition. Oh, does it really? Okay, it well, then never mind. It must be fine. Created by accident in the laboratory of a magic user renowned for his repertoire of polymorph spells, the magical insect known as the Thalmatermite is capable of dramatically altering its physical dimensions. Oh, no. The Thalma termite, if, if, like, we've said it a million times, gang, we do not read these in advance. We, really, we go, that looks cool. Let's talk about it. That looks cool and it's got a lot of text. Nice. Yep. The thalmatermite may be encountered in either of its two forms, a two inch long bug often mistaken for an exotic beetle or a six feet long menace weighing over 500 pounds. Oh my God. The creature can alter shape at will. No one knows which of these two shapes is the creature's true form, as it seems no more inclined to choose one shape or the other at any given time. Likewise, its choice of form often seems inappropriate or chaotic. A giant thalmatermite has been encountered crammed into a small sewer pipe, while the tiny form sometimes foolishly attempts to attack human-sized targets. (laughs) (laughs) possessing an insect level intelligence the thalma termite seems mainly uh seeks mainly to feed and to procreate in its smaller form it eats Ayo. fabric cloth yeah uh it eats fabric and cloth especially that worn by spellcasters <laughs> this is fun a single thalma termite typically chews 2d12 holes in a piece of fabric during a single feeding session nice <laughs> they are capable of ooh they are capable of damaging magic items such as an elven cloak rendering the item non-magical if left to feed unnoticed interesting oh no in its larger state the thalmatermite eats meat of all kinds attacking any living creature when it needs to satisfy its hunger it almost always favors spellcasters as food using its special antenna to detect those of such vocations Okay. So it's a big magic bug. Hang on. Milo sounds like he's chewing something in the other room. I'm going to investigate.
0: Okay. Milo. Hey, hey folks. This is me, Zach. Well, Griff isn't here. Just here to say I love you. You're all beautiful. And whatever you've got going on in your lives, if it's not so great, I know it's going to get better for you. And if it's great, you fucking deserve it. So congrats or go get it.
1: Back. He He had a cookie in his Kong from like 30 minutes ago and just was now getting to it, I guess
0: is the kong the thing like you put peanut butter it's in. It's the
1: red thing, yeah.
0: Yeah, cool.
1: Yeah, we we uh, we wedge cookies in there. Um nice. so you just like you know work to get them out, kind of distracts them for a while. And gets those cool, gets cool, those, cool. gets those chompers uh nice and strong.
0: Fantastic. Uh yeah, we got a uh, we got this big bug though.
1: Yeah, this is a big bug. Um it it big bug, it magic bug. It like to eat magic. Mhm. I like that in a world where typically the rule seems to be that like magic items can't be destroyed even by shit like la- lava that mm-hmm. this bug can eat enough holes in a pair of magic boots to <laughs> make them inert
0: yo like that like what a way to like fuck off your your players They'd be like sorry you didn't notice the bug that was eating your cloak sorry pal <laughs> uh
1: thalmatermites have a magic scent well they can I mean, I'm sure they smell great, but like they they can scent scent. Pfft, Jesus, they can smell magics. Uh, the tha- now, fr- from Chanel, magic scent thalmatermite. by tha- by thalmatermites. <laughs> Ding, and just a little bug just goes tss, tss, <laughs> <laughs> with its pincers. Uh, the th- the thalmatermite can pinpoint by scent the location of any magical cloth within thirty feet of it. And it then has an ability called Consume Magic. Hi, Milo. Uh, any magical cloth that the Thalma termite hits starts to corrode. Each time the Thalma termite bites into magic cloth, which is being worn or carried, but you can't. The bearer of the item must make a successful DC-12 dexterity saving throw, or the item starts corroding. After two failed saving throws, the item loses its magical qualities. Ooh, that's very good. So it's like it's like how uh uh what are those? Rust the r- Rust monsters. Rust monsters, yeah. I thought they were Yeah. <laughs> they, they corrode your weapons. Yeah, my, my and stuff. big my my big cute bugs. Yes. Uh, because I love Rust Monsters. I think they're cute. Big iron ticks. They're very cool. Uh they also have Thauma Termites also have spider climb and magic resistance. And uh Ooh. The bite attack of the little thalmatermites, nothing to sneeze at. It's two d six plus two. Oh like, wow, that's a that's a healthy bite. That I mean that's that's what a great sword worth of damage. Yeah, that's intense. The greater thalmatermites bite is five d eight plus three.
0: Whoa!
1: Oh my goodness. I'm sorry. Holy I have to. Shit. I have to tend to my pet in real life because you hear him.
0: Yeah, I do, in fact.
1: Milo! What's going on? He probably wants second cookie now, because he was a (laughs) dick shit and didn't eat first cookie. You dingus. You want second cookie?
0: Hey, folks. It's me, Zach, again. This time, I don't have any motivational words for you um, or affirmations, but I'm just here to say hi. Yep. That's about it. Hi. And thanks for listening. Back. My, my my message was less long this time. Okay.
1: Well, I, I was gone for a shorter period of time. I think.
0: I think this one was longer. On
1: oh shit. I know. All right, back to the big purple bugs. Big purple bugs. They eat magic cloth. Mm-hmm. What is what is magical cloth? I mean, I'm assuming like wizards' robes and you know, well, like
0: wizards' robes. You know, like if you got like a magical, like you know, like a cape of the Mount Bank. But like that would be magical cloth.
1: Would like a stage magician's costume be considered magical cloth?
0: It depends. Are they doing actual magic or are they doing like, you know, like illusions and sleight of hand and stuff? I,
1: I mean, like I don't know about you, but I would I would consider that to be real magic in some in some S- cases.
0: See, I like it's not it I I disagree. Mm-hmm. Like though it is quite amazing mm-hmm. to watch that. Like it's all done with sleight of hand and misdirection. Mm-hmm. So it's not like true magic. It's more like roguery what about, in a way. What about the magic? It's flashy roguery.
1: What about the magic of the theater?
0: I mean, like that's a different type of magic.
1: But is it magic? To is it magic? Is his is it magic enough to make his clothes magic? No, oh. I don't think so. All right, I don't know why I'm fighting for this so hard. I, I want this magician to have pants. So. He's got magic. He's got magic pants, Griff. Mm-hmm. Do you remember a flash game back in the day? of The, the Adventures of Fancy Pants. Fancy pants, yeah. Yeah, fancy pants. Adventures. Love that game. Good shit. That just came. Down, I always wanted his
0: hair because his hair was loose. Yeah, the
1: hair was very good.
0: It was flew in the winds, and I was like, "This is a good, a good effect."
1: Can we talk about this thing's immunity to the prone condition?
0: Yeah, I want to know what that's about. Is it just a thing like where it, you know, it like expands itself real quick and like flips itself over, or like it gets then- knocked
1: flat, but its legs just kind of like. Can ratchet back down and, <laughs> and prop it back maybe. up? Maybe. It's very possible. Because maybe, maybe that is the benefit of having the legs sort of centrally. I mean, that or they, like,
0: roly-poly, you know? Like, oh. roll up, like, in a little ball and sort of, like, flop over and then there they go. yes.
1: What's this thing? Hmm. Trying to think of like uh, you know being a good pet owner for these things and like magic. Cloth. Oh, uh, I mean, if you
0: like were like a like a magical like like a like a, 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 a tailor, mm-hmm. you know, you've got like scraps that like you're not gonna use. <laughs> like there you go, throw it to the throw it to the thermite termite.
1: It's like when you instead of going to buy like you know wet food for your dog, it's like you go to Joanne Fabrics and buy like a spool of thread. And then just yeah. and then, but then you go to like the magic pet store, wink us, and buy like some pixie dust and just sprinkle oh, it, just sprinkle it over, just season the the the, the yarn with it. Mm-hmm. And it's like here you go, here's your snack, and it's like
0: that's a, that was a good sound. Hey,
1: thanks. Unless it's the big termite which it go in the in in, in in then which case it goes.
0: That was my attempt. It wasn't as good. I liked it. Uh, Hey, thanks, bud. Uh, but yeah, no, I think like, I think these are, like, for bugs, they're pretty cute. Yeah,
1: as far as bugs go. You
0: know, they they seem, like, if you've got a way to get magical fabric, like, it's a convenient, like, you know, like, if it's just your cast-offs, like, there mm-hmm. you go. It was the same
1: with, like, otiox. It's like, they could eat anything, mm-hmm. so it's just like, there you go. I think the only problem is that, like, it, you can't control when it's going to become big or small. Yeah. It's fair. So it's like you walk into your house, and instead of, you know, the vase being knocked over by the cat, it's like your table's flipped on its side, and there's a gigantic bug in your dining room. And it's like, ah, Terrence, like, come on. Terrence,
0: bud.
1: We talked like, about that's, uh, this. Like,
0: needs, like, a section of, like, the basement or something. You yeah. Know what I
1: mean? some Somewhere where it can't, like, but then you're gonna, it's such a chaotic pet, because it's either, like, way too big or way too small.
0: Yeah, you know, I mean, you'd have to make some like some some alterations, you yeah. know.
1: It doesn't have a Goldilocks mode.
0: Yeah, you'd have to, you know, like put up like some like very fine, like meshed sort of barriers. Mm-hmm. Make a make a cool tiny bug slash big bug a uh, 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 proof. Yeah, kennel. I was
1: thinking of like maybe like a padded suit of some kind that could like expand with it, so it doesn't like. Like a zorb, like put it in a zorb.
0: I don't think I know what a zorb is.
1: It's the big, big, like, uh, 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 like clear balls that you climb inside oh, and roll down a hill yeah. with. Yeah, yeah, Gotcha. Like put <laughs> put it in a zorb, but that way it, it won't. Be- that's
0: that's that that's the catchphrase of the day. Put it in a zorb. <laughs>
1: we'll have to wind back to all of our uh, creatures we talk about and find ways to put them in zorbs. Put them in a zorb. All right. Uh, I think that's gonna do it for with the thalmitermite. Bye, buddy. Th- Bye. Uh, so up next, we've got the Corpse Rook. I like one of those words.
0: Yeah. Which one is it? Corpse? Rook. Oh, okay. Well, I mean, Corpse so, Corpse is,
1: is a great creator. Um, yeah. But like, Rook. Hey, hey. Uh, hey. I, it's, it's, a, it's a poor facsimile. <laughs> yeah. No, I, I could only sound like that when I had COVID. <laughs> you did have, man, you did have a really sexy voice when you had COVID. Hey,
0: I do it again. Um, So the Corpse Rook is a large-sized three-headed raven. Hell yeah. Uh, day's big, day's scary. The creature resembles a three-headed raven with only black, f- oh, with oily, not only, sorry, it's got like, part of the line is cut off. It's ah. strange. Resembles a three-headed raven with oily black feathers and bright silver talons. And beak. <laughs> a pungent, almost sulfuric odor emanates from the creature. Its wings are tipped, with silver feathers.
1: Mm, no, Zach Rob, you know I love a bird.
0: You do like a good bird. Uh, so, corpse rooks are giant three headed birds of prey that devour just about anything they can catch, preferring a diet of horses, <laughs> giant lizards, dire rats, giant frogs, cattle, sheep, and humanoids. You think in that order? I hope so. <laughs> they build their nests at the top of broad-leaved trees or high atop rocky outcroppings in less forested terrain. A corpse... Ro- a corpse... Wow. A corpse rook's nest is constructed from mud, grass, hair, leaves, and the bones of their victims. Hair? Hell yeah. Ew. These creatures do not associate with other avian creatures and are often hunted by red dragons, green dragons, rocks, and wyverns who savor the taste of their flesh. Hmm...
1: So they're just like, dog, they're like a
0: birdie bird world out
1: there. <laughs> These are some very like the idea of a, of a, you know, humanoid eating three headed silver winged Raven is like such edgelord material already. Yeah. And and it's like, we don't associate with other avian creatures. In fact, we get hunted by them because they think we're like too dark and creepy for them. It's like, no, you're just tasty, bruh.
0: Yeah, no one understands. So then they have like feathers, but like it's in like the emo the swoop. swoop. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, no one, no one gets us. So they all hate us. They, they hate me because they ain't me. <laughs> <laughs> Corpseworks are solitary hunters uh, with a hunting territory often covering five miles in each direction away from its nest. Hunting is always done during the day when the corpse rook has the advantage. Hmm. During mating season, spring and early summer months, both the male and female corpse rook hunt for food, sometimes together, but most often in separate directions away from the nest. A nest typically contains one D4 silver and gold flecked eggs, as well as treasure from slain prey.
1: Oh, cool. So they have like magpie tendencies, too, to collect shinies. Very fun. I mean, I think, I think ravens do
0: that as well. Like, crows and ravens also collect shiny shit. I think you're right, actually, yeah. Corpse rooks attack their foes from the air, slashing with their claws and biting with their sharpened beaks. Ah! They rarely land on the ground during battle, preferring to swoop in and out of melee to keep their opponents off balance. Multiple corpse rooks work together to bring down prey. Ooh. One might land on the ground to draw the attention of the prey while the other corpse rook swoops in behind to flank. Creatures killed by a corpse rook are carried back to the nest and either devoured or fed to the newborns. Awesome. I
1: love Hell these yeah, I love these edgy Cerberus ravens.
0: Well, it's like um kind of like a Periton in a way. Like it doesn't have the weird, like human-looking shadow thing, but like has the violent tendencies at yeah. least.
1: This is a neutral evil bird.
0: I mean, yeah, it's just a murder bird, like <laughs> hands down. It's just out to murk some shit. Does it? it does uh, it
1: qualify in? in uh, does the this creature in and of itself qualify as a murder of crows?
0: I, th- I think it, its it, in itself, it is a murder of crows. Yeah, because it's three. Also, an unkindness of ravens. <gasps> oh, it's both. It's both. Uh, but yeah, these things—large monstrosities—neutral, evil. Uh, not a big armor class. Uh, pretty f- decent amount of hit points. A uh, pretty quick fly speed. Very good dark vision. It's got flyby, so it doesn't provoke opportunity attacks when it flies at a, out of an enemy's reach. So horrifying. Mm-hmm. And it's got it's got three heads. The corpse rook uh, has advantage on wisdom perception checks and on saving throws against being blinded, charmed, deafened, frightened, stunned, or knocked unconscious. Shit. <laughs> Shit, indeed. The corpse makes three bite attacks and one claw attack. All right. So, yeah, each of the bite attacks is a D8 plus three piercing. Mm -hmm. And then the claw attack is two D8 plus three slashing. Nice. Damn.
1: I feel like that's pretty consistent. As someone who plays a druid on TV, um, on audio TV, (laughs) (laughs) that's pretty consistent for, for creature attack, for, like, animal attacks.
0: Yeah, no, but that, it, it's just there's so many of them. Yeah, I mean,
1: yeah, three heads, three packs, like
0: yeah, three three packs and a big gah, slash, gah, like that's four attacks around. That's nothing to fucking sneeze at. That's true.
1: And then they pick you up and carry you away.
0: And then they pick you up and carry you away because they're large. They're big. They're real fucking big, man. This like, is this
1: a like yeah, like buzzard vulture, like bigger than that, like the the. <laughs> Huge wingspan. Oh,
0: yeah. I mean, if yeah, I, I want to use my my common comparison. This is a horse-sized crow yeah.
1: <laughs> with three heads. Yeah, bud.
0: <sighs> Bish is big. Bish is real big.
1: And, uh, and they're all look, and they're all moody. Look,
0: they're they're all, all th- like. There's not much else to go into because they're not going to be a good pet because they will murder you. Uh, but. You know, I mean, like, if maybe if you're like a manticore or something and you're looking for a cool buddy. Yeah. Like, let us know. We'll see what we can do.
1: Maybe not like a good, you know, pet that you're going to get love and affection and companionship from, but like really good creatures to have around your evil lair. Oh, definitely! This will fuck anything up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like good. This is. These would be really good in a sort of uh esque castle. Oh yeah, a Oh hell yeah! Like you hear you hear the crow calls in tree, in, in triplicate. Uh, just oh, just no. echoing through the the night air. You know, you see the big gnarled tree up on the hill, and it's like we don't go up there. That's where the three headed beast lives. And you go up there expecting, like, a Cerberus or something, and instead it's a bird.
0: It's a big fucking burp. And it is here to fuck your shit up. Yeah. Uh, that's the Corpse Rook. They're real, they're real big, real spooky. Yeah. Shall we go to an ad break? I,
1: I mean, I guess. I mean, I guess I'll take these people's money for us to talk about their products.
0: Yeah, these are very real products.
1: They are real, Zach.
0: That's what I'm saying. These very real products.
1: You said it in a way that, like, suggested that they weren't real. Kind of, like, sarcastically.
0: These very real products. Thank you. These very real products. Stop. Anyway. <laughs> set it to the ad break.
2: Hi, I'm Shifty Mercutio, owner and operator of Shifty Mercutio's pre-owned Genies and Genie Resale Emporium, home of the multiverse's largest supply of gently used Genie paraphernalia. You know how many times people get overwhelmed by the prospect of three wishes and just choke up halfway through? What are those genies supposed to do then, huh? Just wait? Nah, 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 that's where I, Shifty Mercutio, come in. Every genie on my shelves has at least some wishes guaranteed. What? You don't take me, Shifty Mercutio, at my word? Well, listen to some of my partially satisfied
0: customers. This thing only had half a wish left. How the fuck am I supposed to use half a wish?! I thought I lucked out when this shitty lamp had a full wish left in it. I wished I was rich. It legally changed my name to Richard. Zero stars.
2: This place sucks ass! My genie won't even work with me! I wish I'd never bought this stupid lamp! Oh, now you work? Now you work! Fuck you! Piece of shit! What hot heartwarming words. So if you're in the market for or in possession of a pre-owned or recently resold genie, come on down to Shifty Mercutio's pre-owned genies and genie resale emporium. Shifty Mercutio's. You get what you get, don't troll a fit.
1: <sighs> I thought that's
0: coming in with some more ginger
1: aliens. Yeah. Canada dry ASMR.
0: Canada Drive, Um,
1: I have my water bottles empty, but I do have a jar of peanut butter nearby within arm's reach. Do it. If we want to do some, do we want to, <sighs> I don't think anyone's going to enjoy that, Zach. Uh, uh, look, it, if, if you're too scared,
0: then that's fine. You can just say so. Don't blame it on the audience. <laughs> okay,
1: that was the lid being taken off. How big of a scoop should I do?
0: Um. Oh, just a big one. Uh, I want you to say uh, have trouble talking for the next five <laughs> that's minutes. That's what's going to happen. <laughs> and I have the next creature. Is this sufficient for you? Oh, that's perfect, my boy.
1: Home. Did you, is this what you want? Yeah. Is this what you want, Sakram?
0: Yeah, it's pretty good. Oh, fuck. Uh, all right, well, uh, so our next creature. Let's go.
1: Hang on. <laughs> Our next creature is the Lantern Goat. <laughs> yes, it is. Mm. I, this was a bad bit.
0: <laughs> no, this is a very good bit. I have bit. no water, no nothing. Th- that Hey, you know what? You caved to Zach Rob peer pressure. and um,
1: Won't be the first time, won't be the last. That's fair. We've got the Lantern Goat. Which it's is just a, <laughs> it looks like kind of a fucked up goat, to be honest with you. <laughs> it really does. This is it's a it's
0: very bad. This is
1: a this is a goat. This is a fucked up goat that a corpse rook like drew in its in its journal.
0: Oh yeah. Um So look, I wanna uh, there's this goat. I have an like, idea it's a goat and it's got a lantern around its neck and, and it flicks the, the feather bangs out uh, of its face. Yeah, and it's just really fucked up, you guys.
1: It's just kind of a fucked up. And I I mean fucked up in the sense that like it looks wounded. Um yeah. Like it's 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 a it's a white-furred goat with the with the two horns. Uh it's got like blood streaks in its fur. Yeah. There's a big lantern on a chain around its neck that is also splattered with blood and its eyes mm. are like just white. Yeah, it's kind of spooky. So um this one seems haunted. Let's talk about it. This deeply haunted goat. This creature resembles resembles a goat. Yeah. I any res- fucking time they say that shit. <laughs> it freaks me the fuck out. Cause that's a goat just saying, that's a goat. But it's not. This creature resembles a goat with tangled and patchy gray and white hair, horns and hooves that appear to be made of stone. Its eyes are stark white. Around its neck hangs a dented and ugly iron lantern glowing with a foul amber light. Jesus Christ. Lantern oh god. Lantern goats are undead wanderers, thought to be the coalescence of souls of people who died while lost in the wilderness. Awful. <sighs> this reminds me of it's it was from an uh, uh, I think the new like Barovia source book, where there was like the tangled mass of like souls from like the hangman's gallows.
0: Yeah. Van, oh, are you talking about Van Richard's guide?
1: Yeah. 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 Dan Richard?
0: Yeah, Dan Richard. Sorry, yeah.
1: Guide to Crow Balcony? Crow Balcony, yeah. Oh, goodness. Just as normal goats sometimes drift from the shepherd's care and fall prey to the dangers of the wild, so too do humans and demi-humans often meet with a dire end while trekking alone in the hills. Whether they die of exposure or become a predator's meal, these lost travelers usually journey in the spirit form to the afterlife. Some, however, if they perish too close to a Lantern Goat, find their souls drawn into the fell receptacle the creature wears around its neck. (laughs) Cool, cool, cool. The scarred and battered lantern that hangs from the goat's neck serves to channel souls into the creature itself. As the goat moves through the hills, its lantern casts a sickening yellow glow that attracts the souls of the recently deceased. Lantern Goats roam low mountains and foothills, damned to patrol the mortal realm in search of those who die alone. How the Lantern Goat behaves in combat depends upon the number of adversaries it faces. Normally, the goat uh, preys on lone travelers, attacking them with its stony hooves and horns. If it encounters a group, the Lantern Goat emits a fear light from its lantern, intending to panic everyone in range and then pick them off individually."
0: Sorry, I got I got uh, caught up reading the Soul Capture um, ability, and um am sorry, I, I, I think uh, the uh, life drained out of my face for a moment. It,
1: uh, anyway. It's a spooky goat. It's a spooky goat, dude. Uh, Zach, you want to know the first thing I noticed on this stat block? Yeah. It has a fly speed.
0: Oh, no.
1: It has a 40-foot walk speed and a 60-foot fly speed.
0: Lying goat. It's
1: full on like Santa's reindeer just galloping in the air. That's horrid. It has a really high perception and stealth. It is a medium undead chaotic evil uh, immune to poison and the poisoned condition as well as being immune to the exhaustion condition. Uh, it has, like, normal goat traits, like the charge ability, where if it moves at least 20 feet in a straight line and hits with a headbutt attack, it uh, a creature takes an additional 4d6 damage and must succeed on a strength save or be knocked prone. Uh, it, has, yeah, it has one headbutt attack, two hoof attacks, it has that fear light... Whereas a bonus action, the lantern goat can emit an ugly yellow light from the lantern around its neck. What differentiates a, a yellow light being ugly or not? Um, I
0: feel like if it's like bright, you know, it's like, oh, this is nice. I'm walking on sunshine. But if it's got like that kind of dark, like some bits of like black in it, mm-hmm. and it's just kind of like spooky, then then it's bad. It's like it's like, bad it's like
1: in 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 uh, grade school when you had your markers and you drew mm-hmm. over the a uh, 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 black area with your yellow marker.
0: Oh, yeah. It was, it's That's exactly what it is. Yeah. Well, uh, yeah, it's the worst.
1: Yeah. Any creature that can see the light within 30 feet of the goat must make a DC 15 wisdom save, unless the Lantern Goat is incapacitated. On a failed save, the creature is frightened until the start of its next turn. If a creature saves, uh, they're immune to the fear light for the next 24 hours. The Lantern Goat, can innately sense all living creatures within 60 feet of it horrible yeah so let's read the soul capture thing that you were looking at uh it has it has a reaction called soul capture which i can make a guess about what it does yeah uh when a creature dies within 60 feet of the lantern goat as a reaction the lantern goat can draw the soul of the creature into the lantern unless the creature succeeds on a dc 15 wisdom save jesus that's pretty high too On a failed save, the creature's soul is drawn into the lantern where it will be digested over the next hour by the lantern goat. Once the hour has elapsed, the creature dies and can only be returned to life by a resurrection, true resurrection, or wish spell. The lantern can only be... uh, hmm? Yeah, that's a weird sentence that I've been... The lantern can only be removed from the lantern goat or be destroyed, thus releasing the trapped soul... If the lantern goat is slain, so it's like soul bound to the goat, basically. Gotcha. So you
0: have to, you have to kill the goat first before you can like take the lantern.
1: You take the it. lantern out, you smash the lantern, free your buddy's soul. So great pets, I mean like yeah. great pet, the, great yeah. pet for like the Grim Reaper, uh,
0: or like a lich or something like that.
1: Yeah, this is just this is just Monica, my lantern goat. <laughs>
0: <laughs> is. Yeah, she's a good girl, isn't that right, Mon?
1: You know how like we name our pets ridiculous things sometimes, like like yeah. things like that. I want to think that fantasy creatures name their like in naming them what is very mundane names to us. It's actually naming them something exotic. Mm-hmm. And like if you name
0: like you know like you got like a cool basilisk, you name it Gerald.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
0: This is the dreaded basilisk.
1: Gerald Yeah. Just, oh, this is just a dragon a dragon named just like Jake. Yeah. You
0: we quake in the, the in fear of the dread terror Jake. <laughs>
1: this is it's the lantern good. goat, Monica.
0: Fuck this thing.
1: I mean, like, if you're a bad guy and you have people who die in your service frequently around you, that there's your food there's your food source for the lantern yeah. goat. You're maybe kind of damning that person to a, a, a ter- like like a like an eternal purgatory, but if you're evil enough to have a lantern go hang around, then odds are you probably don't really care that much. Yeah, these things so, like there's such a good story hook for these things too. With there just like is the with just the the lantern light, you know, yeah. seeing across the hills in the distance.
0: Yeah, it's it's pretty spooky. Um,
1: <laughs> yeah, oh, don't. I'm too, I'm too scared. <laughs> sorry, sorry, sorry. It's just me. Uh,
0: lantern Goats. Um, what uh, what are they good for? Um,
1: Absolutely say, nothing. Sing it again. <laughs> oh, oh, oh. I mean, like, truly not much. They're pretty bad. They're, they're pretty bad.
0: Um, they would be good. Um, air traffic, like, you know, the people who wave the batons. Yeah. <laughs> Sure, sure. Yeah, you know, at the airport. <laughs> yeah, no,
1: there. yeah. There you go. If if Santa had like an evil twin brother, like yeah, Krampus. Oh,
0: yeah. They 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 hang out. Th- these are just Krampus instead of reindeer. Krampus oh, just has lantern. Oh,
1: Zachary.
0: Hey, we, we hey we can hook Krampus. We up. can
1: hook Krampus up. We haven't talked to him for a little while. We haven't he's, talked to him in a bit. He's mainly been very because busy. Because
0: Mainly because Mr. G's not the biggest fan of of our dear friend Cramp, but like,
1: but like Mr. Kramp, but like Mr. G has been working from home all throughout the pandemic, like.
0: So like, what what Mr. G don't know won't hurt him. Yeah,
1: any. he barely listens to the show anymore.
0: All right, uh, yeah, we'll set up a we'll set up a, a Zoom, mm-hmm. you know, uh, with, with Krampus. <laughs> we'll give him the pitch. It'll be good. Yeah. Were you laughing about having my Zoom with Krampus?
1: <laughs> no, I wasn't laughing about that. I just read something <laughs> funny on my phone. Uh um, Yeah, it's
0: like um you, you ever heard of the movie My Dinner with Andre? It's My Zoom with Krampus. M- my Zoom with Krampus,
1: yeah. He could probably do for like I'd say we could shoot for like 8 to 12 lantern goats. Yeah. Yeah. Cuz like uh, on horrid on terror, <laughs> on scary, <laughs> on putrid. <laughs>
0: But do you recall the most fucked up lantern goat of all To do Monica the lamp goat lamp dude. goat
1: <laughs> Monica the fucked up lamp goat <laughs> Your lamp goat Had a very shiny lamp and if you ever saw it it's the last thing you'll ever see <laughs> 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 yes it didn't it didn't uh, rhyme but like it me. didn't rhyme
0: but but we got the point the point was made and uh, uh i am uh ready to pitch this to warner brothers yep. let's go
1: krampus krampus first first first, <laughs> first krampus, krampus then, then warner, warner brothers <laughs> then the world <laughs> that, yes then the world <laughs> da, da, da. all Beautiful. right let's let's l- we'll um yeah, uh, yeah, I had nothing. We're, okay,
0: we're moving on. <laughs> Our last creature of the day, um, is called a caterprism.
1: Caterprism?
0: A caterprism.
1: Not a caterpillar. Well,
0: no, like, like a caterpillar, but like, like if you, like, think like Porygon.
1: Porygon, but the like, if por-
0: yeah, but like if Porygon were a caterpillar, a capatiller. Right. as kids may call them. A capertiller, yeah, I'm in. A capertiller.
1: a very hungry capertiller.
0: Um, so, yeah, it's a big sort of, like, jemmy, prismatic caterpillar. Cool. It's got a fun, like, italicized thing here that I think is pretty cool. A large collection of items rises, forming into a swirling chaos that is the body of this being. The items move about throughout its bulk, somehow not touching one another in their mad dance. Huh. I don't know. We'll read onward. Yeah. A cataprism is from the elemental plane of Earth. Ooh. It resembles a caterpillar made of crystal with hexagonal body segments and twelve sharply angled legs. Aw. Each body segment is about two feet long. Wow, this thing's big.
1: Yeah, it's a it's, uh, it's, a, it's a large and, elemental.
0: And contains a single pair of legs. Cute. I wanna I kinda want to count this now.
1: Okay. One, two, three, four, five, six,
0: seven. How many pairs of legs is that?
1: I counted 12 body segments. 1, 2, 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9. Looks like I got 10 sets of legs.
0: 3, 4, 5, 6, 7, 8, 9, 10, 11, 12, 13, 14, 15, 16, 17, 18. 18 times 2 is what? 36? So mm-hmm. it's about 36 feet long? <whistles> yep. It's a that's a li- long. That's uh, a big boy. It's a long boy. The head of the caterprism is caterpillar like. With large, faceted eyes and huge mandibles.
1: I don't see any eyes on this damn thing.
0: Yeah, I don't see them either. But, you know, whatever. All right. Although caterpillars prefer to consume the rich minerals of their home plain, they sometimes wander through na- Ooh. Sorry, I had a burp. Mm. It's all that, all that uh, ginger ale. And that rich, Canada dry ginger ale.
1: H- hashtag not sponsored. Not sponsored.
0: Uh consume the minerals of their home plane. They sometimes wander through natural portals into the material plane. There, they create long, winding tunnels as they eat their way through the solid rock. Dwarves have been known to bring cataprisms uh, under some degree of control, using them to help carve out new mines and dwelling places. Oh, hell yeah. If it feels threatened, a cataprism's first action is to shoot at its opponent with its crystalline silk-like secretion. Yes, cataprism, use string shot. It then closes to bite. Or rears up and stabs at opponents uh, <laughs> with the first two of its razor sharp legs. <laughs> a cataprism can eat through one solid foot of stone per minute, leaving behind permanent tunnels three feet and di- uh, five feet in diameter. Whew. Yeah, they're neutral, so you, yeah, you could definitely, uh, you know, find a pal. These and, things are uh, so cool. Yeah, you know the math isn't lining up here. Yeah, because it says they can go through a solid foot per minute. However, its burrow speed is twenty feet.
1: Well, it's like if you're bur—you can't burrow through solid stone. Tell, you tell Diglett that. Diglett's a bitch, Diglett as well established in our episodes.
0: Check out our shitty Pokemon episodes.
1: Anyway, but like burrowing, it's like digging through you know dirt and soil. But to- this is talking about I think like eating solid, solid stone. rock. Yeah, that's
0: fair. That's fair. That's
1: fair. Uh, they're
0: immune to prone. They got a tremor sense out to sixty feet. Yeah, that's pretty cool. Uh, crystalline mandibles. The cataprisms mandibles ignore the resistance to slashing damage.
1: Whoa, fuck you, barbarians!
0: In addition, when the cataprisms attacks a creature with at least one head <gasps> with its bite attack and rolls a natural twenty on the attack roll, it cuts off one of the creature's heads. <laughs> The creature dies if it cannot survive without the lost head. A creature is immune to this ability if it is immune to slashing damage. <laughs> Doesn't have a uh, uh, have or need a head, <laughs> has legendary actions, or the GM decides that the creature is too big for the head to be cut off with this attack. All right. Such a creature instead takes an extra 27 or 6d8 slasher damage from this hit. Damn. That you could one hit a PC with this thing. Yes,
1: if you crit them. That's fucking rough. There's a 5% chance with its, and just with its bite attack.
0: Yeah. That's fucking, that's rough though. (laughs) Damn. Cataprisms can burrow through solid rock at five feet per uh, per round. See? It's conflicting. Five feet per round, leaving a five foot wide, 8 foot high tunnel in this in its wake.
1: I'll I'll split hairs here and say maybe there's a difference between burrowing and eating. I guess. Like it can burrow and break and, but it says leaving behind a tunnel. Yeah, okay. The math doesn't add up. I'm with you.
0: Yeah, uh, it's multi attack. It has one bite, two claw attacks. Uh, so yeah, its bite does uh two d8 plus five slashing damage if it scores a hit a critical hit it rolls damage uh dice four times instead of twice jesus christ I no mean, but if it hits a crit with that then it's just going to kill you Yes. Yeah. It, it lops your fucking head off <coughs> uh damn yeah that's bad that's very bad um it's got claws attacks uh yeah, that's 2d10 5 that's pretty rough and then it's got a crystal breath ooh the caterprism spews forth a crystalline, silk-like substance in a thirty-foot cone that instantly hardens into <laughs> razor-sharp crystalline spears. Okay,
1: okay, Each creature
0: in that area must make a DC 15 save, a Dex save, taking 28 or 8 D6 piercing damage on a failed save, or half as much on a, dam- uh, a damage on a successful one. This thing is fucking intense. This is a
1: really cool creature. This is very cool, and you might kill some of your... It's very likely you'll kill a player with this thing. And I love the visual of it, too. I love the idea of, like, you're walking through the elemental plane of Earth and just, you know, mountains to one side. And you see these big, blue, crystalline, cylindrical friends just kind of skittering along, chomping on Damn rocks. Damn,
0: Dude, these, and this thing's only a challenge rating 7, too.
1: yeah. Like I mean, like a party of four level seven characters. Like,
0: it does only have seventy six hit points. That's fair, and its AC is only fifteen. So you could, in theory, take this thing out pretty quickly. It's just but, also <laughs> a very deadly encounter. But if it can also going. take
1: you out very. quickly. It can also take you out very very quickly. I mean, it just takes a nat twenty, man. Yeah. A nat 20 on one of its three attacks, it has to hit on the Now, here's a question, a
0: mechanic's question, and you've you've ran uh, 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 DM5E more than I have. Mm. Can you revivify someone if they lose their head?
1: No. Um, Fuck. In specific, I think, like, under the specific wording of, like, resurrection, which is, you know, the seventh level uh, Mm -hmm. resurrection spell, I think that spell might reform uh uh lost body parts
0: yeah i'm looking at yeah resurrection i think will will do that yeah um (laughs) just a curious question this yeah yeah,
1: with resurrection this spell closes all mortal wounds and restores any missing body parts um true resurrection you can do it if you don't even have a body yeah um i I don't know if ray's dead which is the fifth level res spell would I think do
0: it. Ray's dead you, you, like because in I mean like if we're uh, critical roles not the the last authority on things but at um in fucking this was the search for Bob mm-hmm. after after the search for Grog when Lee of Tell got her head fucking exploded yeah they like put her head back together yeah. and then cast Ray's dead
1: um the spell closes all mortal wounds but does not restore missing body parts. I mean, if you like, put the head in the body
0: together.
1: Yeah, I mean, like if you're maybe if maybe. your head's cracked open, like that'll restore that, but not like missing your. head. If you have a body and no head, and you're just working with that, you're, you need to use resurrection, and not raise dead. Yeah, that would be rough though. Any any man, it terrifies me any time uh, there's a there's a, a qualifier of just instant death. In mm-hmm. this game, it scares the living shit out of me because I almost did that to a player once, and it's yeah like, uh, it scares Yo, the crap they, they, out of me. This is just one of those things you got to take it out
0: fast. Yeah, like, I mean,
1: keep it at range. It's only got us thirty feet speed.
0: Yeah, it's really not that uh, that fast. Yeah, as, as long as you're you're far enough back, this thing uh, won't totally fuck you up. But this thing I think could be a really good friend as well. I think it could be a very good pal. Yeah. If you ingratiate yourself to it, it's gonna help you out a bunch.
1: You can make a cool underground clubhouse. Ooh yeah. Oh <laughs> fuck yeah. Shine some lights through this thing. Oh man, yeah. <laughs> it's like a kaleidoscope. Get high with your cateprism. Oh hell yeah. And just dude. just like shine a bunch of lights through it. You've got a living laser floyd right there, man. <laughs> yeah, you do. I love, I love him. Fuck yeah!
0: Well, I'm look. I stand Caterprism. I'm a big fan. I'm a, I'm a big fan. But uh, there's been a couple things tonight where I'm like, man, this would be really fucking cool to use in like a cafe. <laughs> right,
1: right, right. That's the one thing I like about these sort of third party monster books is that mm-hmm. there's always a, a bit more of a. It's you know the D and D books kind of set the tone, and then this deviates from that just enough. Yeah and it's it's all still cool and fantasy e and just interesting, yeah, definitely. I like all these things a lot. well, that is
0: uh that's cataprisms, cataprisms. We did it, and that brings us to the end of our,
1: our little grab bag for the day. yeah, we did some buggy friends, we did some haunted friends. It, it was t- specifically two buggy friends and two haunted friends, we did, yeah. We didn't really necessarily
0: plan that, but here we no, are. <laughs> but, hey, happy accidents yeah, sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but, yeah, uh, again, thank you so much for checking out this here episode of Zack and Griffith's Multiversal Bat Shop. Oh. Uh, be sure to check out all the other shows on the Ghost Ghostlight Media Network. We may have a new show in the works, so keep uh, an eye out for uh, 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 some some news on that.
1: Uh-huh. But, uh, uh, yeah. Keep an eye out for that. Uh, what else we got? Uh, If you enjoy our show and want to support us in really any way, you can always leave us a review on your favorite podcatcher, any podcatcher that will let you. Engage with us on social media at Pet Shop Cast on Twitter. uh, Or you can visit our network Patreon at patreon.com slash ghostlightmedia uh, with great support to us and amazing benefits for you. Uh, Our patrons birthed this show from their... Wallace loins. From from their monies, yes.
0: <laughs> and uh, we very much appreciate it. Uh, other than that, uh, check us out uh, at Pet Shop Cast on Twitter. Uh, shoot us a message. If you want to hear about anything specific, any specific like IPs or um, just like creatures, or you want a new bud from your D&D character, or you want a cool monster to throw at your, your players, let us know. Yeah. Let
1: us know, um, and we'll we'll chat about it. It'll be great. Uh, but yeah, it's, that's about it. And with that, my friends, we must bid you a fond farewell. And yes, Zach, can can we do a normal outro for once? I guess just like just like enthusiastic and friendly. I mean,
0: I, I was gonna do one one more good uh, 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 ginger ale sip okay. to send us off. I'm is that okay? I'm here
1: for it as long as you're okay. at the outro is actually the outro. You, you know, you know what? That's fair. <laughs> all right, uh, I've been Griffin. I've been Zach. And just remember, it, folks, at the end of the day, it's all about love, baby. And that's the end of the episode. Yeah. <laughs> Bye. Thank you all for listening to episode seventy-two of Zach and Griffin's Multiversal Pet Shop. If you enjoyed the show, consider leaving us a review or telling a friend about us. You can find us as part of the Ghostlight Media Network over at ghostlightmedia.net or on Twitter at petshopcast. On our website, you can find links to our merch store and Patreon page, which helps support all of the Ghostlight Media shows and all of the fantastic people who create them. Speaking of which, thank you to our patrons Tyler, Jeremy, and Patrick for your continued support. We'd also like to thank Nikki Does Puzzles for making our theme song. You can find her SoundCloud at Nikki Does Puzzles or at Nicole Voice on Twitter. We'd also like to thank our friend Rin for voicing the ads you hear on the show. You can find Rin on Twitter at Rin underscore Moran and on the Imprinted Echoes podcast as part of Ghostlight Media. We'll be back in two weeks with another episode. Until then, watch your back, Warner Brothers, because you got two D-list podcasters who are coming for you. Watch out!
2: Mmm!